This podcast is sponsored by Great White Hot Sauce. It's a small batch, handmade hot sauce, made specially for you. So if you like hot sauce, you'll love Great White Hot Sauce. It's the hot sauce that bites back. Find it at www.trygreatwhite.com. So what do you know about the Manchester, England music scene from the mid-80s to the mid-90s? Or, as it was better known as, the Madchester scene? Have you ever heard of Joy Division, The Smiths, James, The Stone Roses, Happy Mondays? Well, they were all part of it. And I'm flying solo this episode. Yep, no co-host, just me. And I'm going to talk about one of my favorite times in music history. The Madchester scene. Maybe you've heard about it. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. Either way, I'm talking about it. So sit back and enjoy the show. Flying solo. But don't call me Han. I couldn't resist. (laughs) Enjoy the show. KOFB Studio presents Milk Crates and Turntables, a music discussion podcast hosted by Scott McLean with his co-host Jack Calabrese. Now, let's talk music. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. We have a little different format tonight. Tonight, I am flying solo. My co-host and good friend Jack Calabrese is on vacation, a well-earned vacation, I might add. Not from this show, just in life. (laughs) Real work. Because this is not real work, because it's fun. Anyways. So, while I have you all to myself, I want to talk about something that I am very passionate about when it comes to the music of my life, and that is the Manchester music scene of the mid-80s to the mid-90s, so to speak, or a.k.a. the Madchester scene. Now, regardless of where you're from, if you're into music, chances are you went through a Madchester phase. Now, I know my co-host Jack's wonderful and beautiful wife, Deb. I'm pretty sure she went through her Madchester phase. because It's never a phase because you never leave it. You love it that much. I'm pretty sure Jack might have missed the bus on it. I could be wrong, but I believe in conversation he said he didn't really catch that wave. But that's neither here nor there. But of course, I I have to take a shot at him. I have to. (laughs) He's not here. So, with that, for the uninitiated, I'm going to give you a brief guide of the music scene that put Manchester on the map. And it all starts at a club called the Hacienda which, like most great clubs from back in the day, is now an apartment building, evidently, in Manchester. But the legend lives on, just like the Channel in Boston and the Rat in Boston. I can only speak for Boston. Well, I can speak for a couple of clubs at Sacramento because that's where I was at the time when I caught my first whiff of the Happy Mondays and the Stone Roses. So 38 years ago... 
the Hacienda was one of the most influential clubs in all of the UK. It opened in 82 and, you know, it had all the big bands in there. Uh, eventually, when it started catching on, uh, you had the Smiths playing there. You had New Order. Well, Joy Division played first. And then New Order came after Joy Division because, well, New Order is the remaining members of Joy Division. No, uh, Oddly enough, it was a joint business venture between New Order and Tony Wilson and Alan Erasmus, who also owned the factory record label. So New Order was half owner of this club, and it, it, was, it was a great place to go, but it was a money pit, evidently, in the end. So it wasn't until the late 80s, though, that the focus switched from live gigs uh, to house music and DJs that the club really took off. See, the, the the Hacienda was the birthplace of the rave culture where DJs, not the music, not the bands, the DJs were and still are the kings and eventually queens because there is a lot of good female DJs out there. So that's when the club took off. The introduction of the music DJ to the Hacienda coincided with the explosion of E or ecstasy, which paved the way to an entirely different club scene. By the way, and I'll get to this guy later, Bez, uh, one of the band members for the Happy Mondays, uh, happily dealt E inside the club actually even during gigs, uh, but we'll get to Bez later on, inside the club. So it was really like the Wild West. But uh, clubbers and partiers traveled from all over the UK to spend the whole night there, just raving their asses off. And actually, the most popular at the time, when, when the Hacienda was really starting to hit its stride, the most popular university of choice in the entire UK was the University of Manchester. <laughs> Every college kid wanted to go there. That's how big this scene was. Now, I didn't see kids racing off to, see, to go to college in Seattle for the grunge scene. So I got to give the, the edge to the Manchester scene, if not just for that. I mean, when you get kids wanting to go to college just to be in Manchester at that time, that, that's pretty fucking big. So let's bring in Factory Records. Factory Records was launched uh, in the late 1970s by Tony Wilson. Tony Wilson was a, and still is a celebrity, a, a TV celebrity in the UK. Uh, so it was Tony Wilson and Alan Erasmus. Uh, but the record label was very much, even though it, it broke in the 70s, it was very much entwined and had a lot to do with the Manchester music scene of the early 80s and early 90s, uh, into the early 90s. Many of the Manchester scene's most influential records were released on factory label, except, except the Smiths who wanted to be on the factory label, but the factory wasn't interested. <laughs> factory records passed on the Smiths. 
that was one of their big mistakes right there. Because, see, the thing about the Smiths is they're considered in the holy trinity of Manchester music in general, if not the, you know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. It would probably be in Manchester music. The Smiths, New Order, and Oasis at this point would be the holy trinity of Manchester music as a whole. But at this time, when this was just breaking, it was New Order, Happy Mondays, Stone Roses. But the thing about the Smiths is, They didn't sound like anybody, and nobody sounded like them. They were that unique. They weren't like a a dance club band, although they played at the Hacienda. And there was no one to compare them to. Like, there's people that compare the Rolling Stones and Aerosmith, if only because both lead singers have big lips and dance around. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, you could compare any two prog rock bands, uh, Let's say Rush and Yes. Yeah, you can kind of compare them. There's, there's similarities there. And then even today, you got Greta Van Fleet and Led Zeppelin. But the Smiths was and still are as unique a sound as there ever was in music, which is why they are legends, in my mind at least. But anyways, back to the show. The Happy Mondays and and New Order became the two most successful artists on the factory label, creating a new genre of music that bordered on indie rock of the Smiths and Joy Division with the house music beats. This drove clubbers to the Hacienda in droves. This genre of music came to be known as baggy. Just due to the clothing that the clubbers were wearing. They they would come in with baggy jeans, tie-dye tops, and bucket hats. You know, like the Gillian's Island hat. And which, okay, full disclosure, I, I own one. <laughs> I do. And I, I wear it sometimes. Yeah. Got to protect the head, right? And for other reasons. So, like I said, the Manchester scene never really leaves you. So, this new sound that was coming out of the factory label, your know, record label, and being played at the Hacienda, uh, this new sound fused guitar music with psych, funk, and house music, which is a big reason I fell into it, because I love all that. And this was all that in one ball. Uh, this, you know, this distinctive sound burst into the mainstream, and subsequently the charts, thanks to the Stone Roses, Happy Mondays, and New Order, otherwise known as the Holy Trinity, like I said, of the Manchester scene. So let's see. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little something a little different here. Now I don't know how this is gonna go over. If this video's on YouTube, they might pull it down. Uh Facebook might pull it down, but I'm gonna play a little something from the Happy Mondays in the background. Yeah, I'll give it a little sample. And maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. You know, and not everybody was into the the Manchester scene, so it's not like it was you know ultra popular. But let, let, let me give you a little taste of the of the Happy Mondays with the song uh, "Kinky Afro." Let's see. Now I don't know how this microphone works with background music, so I'll shut up.
This is the Happy Mondays. Kinky Afro. might have seen this on MTV if you were watching back then around 91, 90. Yeah, that was, that was one of their hits that made it to the States. Let, let, me, let me pull up another one. Let me see. This is the Happy Mondays with a song called Step On. Like I said, I don't know if the mic is picking this up, but I'm playing it. This pop might get edited out (laughs) if it doesn't sound good. So it's a little sample of the Happy Mondays. Yeah, and you can hear the club, the club uh sound in there. That's 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 music to dance to. I guess especially if you're on Ecstasy, which the uh, one of the members of the band, Bez, as he goes by. Let me let you know, let me talk about the Happy Mondays for a minute here. The Happy Mondays were in the in their prime, the original lineup was from 1985 to 92. And they were kind of the forerunner for the neo-psychedelic indie dance movement, or the rave, the rave movement. Um, they mashed up funk and pop and rock. They were, they were definitely loose cannons. They, they did their own thing. Uh, they weren't the brightest bulbs in the house, but they were talented. Sean Ryder and his brother, uh, Paul Ryder, formed the band. And again, they were just, they were street kids from Manchester that said, let's put a band together. And they, they had a pretty unique sound, you know? So they brought, they, they had their friend come on stage one time, Mark Berry, but he's better known as Bez in the UK. He's actually still a celebrity today. So Bez <laughs> becomes part of the band, but all Bez does is dance around on stage and shake some maracas and maybe a tambourine. But uh, as it goes, uh, they were playing a show at the Hacienda, and no one was really doing anything, so they called Bez on stage, who used to hang out with them in the studio. He was, like, their best friend. And Bez got on stage and started dancing, and the people loved it. So everyone started dancing like Bez. And if you want to see how Bez dances, (laughs) check him out on YouTube. Check out the Happy Mondays. Either what I just played, Kinky Afro or Step On, and you'll see. But Bez was also dealing ecstasy during the show. <laughs> so under the steps at the Hacienda. So they, they had a, 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 the Happy Mondays had, had a big influence uh, on a lot of genre bending 80s and 90s groups like EMF, you know, it's unbelievable. Oh, dun, 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 dun. yeah, I know I did that. The Charlatans, I won't sing anymore, and a lot of others. So the Happy Mondays were almost, they were almost like the house band at the Hacienda. So 
so you know, you get this uh, this new genre of music, and it's called baggy because the kids are kind of hippie-ish. And uh, again, that that's what caught my attention. That's that sound really caught my attention. So then later on, bands uh, like such as James, which is a really good band that you probably never heard of, the Charlatans, the Mock Turtles. Uh, in Spiral Carpets, which, by the way, In Spiral Carpets, you might not have heard of them, but they had a guy that was their roadie. He was like 21 years old, 22 years old, and he was their roadie for the In Spiral Carpets, who happened to play guitar and found out his brother was starting a band, and they asked him to come over. So he quit being a roadie for the In Spiral Carpets, and when, but his only, his only request was he gets to write the music. So his brother said, yeah, sure, whatever, come on over, play guitar. And that band became Oasis. And Noel Gallagher was a roadie for In Spiral Carpets. And now he is a music legend. And I will argue with you on that one. He is. So, you know, and then he went, he's now in his own band called uh, Noel Gallagher and the High Flying Birds. But um, I digress. Moving on. So this all was a great scene. It was, you know, uh, the music was popping. The, the Stone Roses and the Happy Mondays had singles. Actually, over here in the U.S., the Stone Roses had uh, I Want to Be Adored and Fool's Gold. You know, let me let me play a Stone Roses. Let me play a little bit of Stone Roses. I'm throwing myself off here by doing this, but I'm flying solo. Yeah. So what the hell? I could do whatever I want. Well, I could do that anyways. But here's a little cut from the Stone Roses' first album. called Fool's Gold by the Stone Roses. Yeah, that's the song that caught me with the Stone Roses right there. Fool's Gold. That Now, let me let me talk a little about the Stone Roses since they were a big part of the Manchester scene. The Stone Roses consisted of Ian Brown on vocals, John Squire on guitar, Gary Mountfield, aka Manny on bass, and Alan John Wren known as Rennie, R-E-N-I, on drums. Now, Rennie, probably not to your knowledge, even if you're an above-average music fan, you would never know that this guy, in his laid-back style of complex offbeat rhythms, was very influential in in that movement, in the Manchester scene, just by the way he played, and very rarely do drummers like that uh, 
have an influence. A lot of drummers, as you know, just kind of backgrounds, if other than like Keith Moon and and that guy from Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I know, John Bonham, I know. Uh, but he is considered by many producers, many musicians, and journalists to be the best drummer of his generation. He's actually been referred to as the Jimi Hendrix of drums, which is amazing, again, considering 99.5% of you probably haven't heard of him. And that might be a generous number. But he is an unbelievable drummer. And unfortunately, you never heard of him. So let's get back to the show. So as it goes, the Hacienda was tearing it up, but they were just dumping money left and right. It, they were taking money from the record label, putting it into the club, taking money from the club, moving it over to the record label. Uh, so New Order... New Order, came out with Blue Monday. And at the time, it, it might still be, maybe not, but at the time, it was the number one selling 12-inch in music history. That's big. But they didn't see a dime of that because it all went into the club. <laughs> so their, their business sense wasn't really that good back then. But like always, all good things must come to an end with the Hacienda and the music scene because just like, just like every good band, uh, the thing that undid them, the very thing that it catapulted them into success in the mid-'80s, drugs. Drugs did them in. Sean Ryder became a drug addict. Uh, you know, uh, it just wasn't good. It was excess. And as we all know, excess in, in the music industry never leads to anything good. So that was that. At one point, the Happy Mondays were trying to make a record. They went over to like Barbados or something. And it ended up costing the record label more money than they had. So that kind of put them out of business. So Factory Records went bankrupt in 1992, largely believed to be because the Happy Mondays in Barbados went on a, uh, a drug bender and at the same time running up giant costs to make their album Yes, Please. So that was it. The Stone Roses were having infighting. They were having problems trying to get out of the record deal. So... They kind of imploded and fell off the scene. But I'll tell you what, something about the Stone Roses. For a band that only released two albums, they had more influence than any band I can think of that just recorded two albums. I'm not in that mindset, that rock and roll, old school mindset right now, so I can't think about it, but... The Stone Roses, their two albums were, and still are, extremely influential. Um, the first album, the debut album, is, was an instant classic. And around the same time, several new genres of guitar music were bursting onto the scenes. Because while Happy Mondays were trying to get out of their drug habit and the Stone Roses were trying to you know, fix themselves or not fix themselves from the inside out, um, 
those two bands being out of the scene in Manchester, it gave, uh, you know, it gave, it opened the door to genres like Britpop, shoegaze, and grunge. That caught the attention of the UK music media and the baggy scene was all but done. Now, I just said something about shoegaze, right? And you probably said, what the hell is shoegaze? <laughs> okay. So, shoegaze is a style of alternative rock that emerged in the UK in the late 1980s. And it lasted until about the mid-1990s, peaking between 1990 and 1993. And the British music press were the ones that, that called them or called this genre of music shoegazing because the musicians in these bands would stay motionless while they were performing, standing on the stage, just staring down at their effects pedals while playing their instruments, hence the idea that they were gazing at their shoes. Because the shoegazing sound features an extensive use of guitar effects and indistinguishable vocals, vocal melodies that blended into creative noises of the guitars. So very few shoegazer bands were dynamic and they really lacked interview skills because they were really into their music, which prevented them breaking through to the market in the U.S. But there were some breakthroughs. And maybe you've heard of these bands, maybe you haven't. The Verve, right? The Boo Radleys, Catherine Wheel, and My Bloody Valentine. They were all shoegaze bands. They they had fair fair success. I think the Verve had the biggest success, but they were cut short uh, due to Bittersweet Symphony, which is you know, maybe we'll pick that up in another uh, episode. So, pretty much the the legacy of the Madchester music scene has actually been somewhat resurrected lately because. Uh, those bands, New Order and the Stone Roses, started coming out and releasing new material and still sell out stadiums over in the UK. They sold out the Stone Roses. When I went to see Morrissey and with bon- Blondie backing him up uh, at Madison Square Garden, the Stone Roses had been there the week before and sold out at least, I think they played maybe two nights. They sold out both nights at Madison Square Garden. But, uh, so in the end, you know, the marriage of guitar music and electronic dance music that was created in the Manchester area is still common in contemporary music today. Those bands are still influential. So the happy Mondays, like I said, they, they were, they were formed and they were street kids in Manchester (laughs) and they, they get into a lot of shit. But they were they they put together a good band, uh, New Order. I think we all know what their background is. If you don't, uh, New Order was founded by the three remaining members of Joy Division. Ian Curtis used to be the lead singer of Joy Division. Used to be because the night they was the night before they were leaving to tour the U.S., he hung himself for unknown reasons. Evidently, depression, but. You know, for whatever reason. So um, you had Bernard Sumner on vocals and guitar, Peter Hook on bass, 
and Stephen Morris on drums. And then soon after, Jillian Gilbert uh, on keyboards, she joined New Order. Peter Hook left, I believe. They had a falling out. But, uh, you know, they still, they're still together as far as that goes uh, without Peter Hook. And the Stone, Rose, the Stone Roses lineup consisted of Ian Brown on vocals, John Squire on guitar, and Gary Munfield, a.k.a. Manny, on bass. And as I just talked about, Alan John Rent, known as Remy, on drums. So that's pretty much it. And you know what? If you want to see a really, really good movie about the Madchester scene, go on Amazon and for... Was it three ninety five or three ninety nine? Rent the movie if you haven't already seen it. Twenty four hour party people. Oh, okay, that's my Boston accent coming into play. Twenty four hour party people. <laughs> I know my I know my people in in the Boston area understood that. But I don't think my people in California understood if I said, yeah, if you want to see the see a great movie about the Manchester scene, go on uh, Amazon and rent uh, 24-hour party people. <laughs> what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> yeah, 24-hour party people. <laughs> I didn't realize it had that much ac- accent in it when I when it was when I was running this through my head. So yeah, go on and rent that. If you want to hear some some classic music from the Madchester scene, like I said, just go out and uh, check out the Stone Roses, New Order, Happy Mondays, Joy Division, the Smiths. Uh, the list goes on of bands that you could listen to. And Madchester still is, you know, it still has a, a, a thriving music scene today. Just like anything, it went through its down slump, but it's uh, it's back up and running now. They have a pretty good music scene going. So maybe check out something new from the Manchester scene. But that's it, man. That That's my show. That's my This is my solo act. I hope I entertained you. I hope I maybe gave you some information you didn't know. Maybe I interested you in the Manchester scene. Uh, maybe I didn't. I don't know. It's hard to gauge. But if you like the show, if you like the podcast, give it a like, give it a comment, give it a share. Tell your friends about it. If you have a friend that likes music, well, tell them about the podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcast, Google Play, it's on Spotify. It's on Amazon Music, it's on Pandora, it's on Stitcher, it's on pretty much every podcast app. So give it a listen, tell your friends to give it a listen, and like I said, if you like it, subscribe, if you're watching on YouTube, and uh, you know, hit that little bell, maybe you get, you'll get your, your notice that it's, it's published. But either way, I appreciate you listening. Uh, Like I said, I flew solo tonight. I hope I entertained you. Hope I did a good job. And I will see you. And hopefully, if Jack isn't still on vacation, we'll be back next week with Milk Crates and Turntables. 
a music discussion podcast, but you already know that because, well, you're listening to it. All right, guys. I'm out.